We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome back. Hour number two, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. And uh, Merry, Merry Christmas Eve Day for myself. Radio Joe is off today. Evan Heffelfinger here uh, filling in. Uh, Radio Joe is going to be doing the afternoon show on our flagship station out of Milwaukee on 1250 AM, The Fan. You can catch him there. And uh, we continue to talk about the Green Bay Packers and get you ready for the Packers and Titans coming up on Sunday night football, the standalone. Let's bring in Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, shall we? Do you want to know what's going on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And, and Ryan, uh, after the last 24, 48 hours, it seems like everybody's looking at this game in the sense of if the Packers can beat the Tennessee Titans and do it in a particular fashion, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and say, okay, I'm a believer. But if they get beat by the Titans, there's going to be a lot of screaming of same old, same old. They can't beat winning teams or teams with winning records. Uh, I think there's a lot more. This is a regular season game, and yes, you want to clinch, and the Titans are coming in trying to get their division. But I think there's a lot of, I'll say, hopes riding on this game. Do you get that sense? I don't know, Bill. I mean, I, I go back to, what was it, week six coming out of the bye, and they get stomped by Tampa Bay, and the sky is falling. The sky is falling, and, oh, they're 11-3 and three and have a great shot at the one seed. Uh, the, the second half in Indy um, was certainly – difficult to, to stomach but they responded from that very well I, teams lose in this league look at what the jets did to the rams last week so I, I don't know that that losing to the titans in and of itself would, would would be that much of a travesty because the bottom line for this team is that if they beat the chicago bears week 17 they have home field advantage in the first round by as the one seed i i would say though there's got to be great anticipation to see what this run defense does against the best running back in the NFL. And if Derrick Henry goes out and runs for 200 yards, which, I mean, it's feasible. You and I, we've seen this run defense for two years now. We can't in good faith say there's no way that's not happening. If it does happen, uh, there's, it's not going to be handled that well. And, And rightly so, because that's been the Achilles heel. The memories of the NFC championship game are very fresh, but um, I, I don't know that a loss in and of itself is, is really enough if it's a competitive game. I think it's more uh, you lost to a good team, 
you're now 11-4. and four. Go beat the Chicago Bears, and you're the one seed. What has it been, and we really, you know, we've talked a little bit about it. You've heard Matt LaFleur asked about it, but what do you think is the prop? What has the problem been for this team, specifically in the third quarter offensively? It's a great question. You know, when this team, you go, we go back to last year, too. When, when, when this team offensively finds a rut, it does not get out of the rut. It, it just sits in the rut and stays there. And, and that, that can hurt you against good teams. It, it might not hurt you against, the Carolina Panthers, but it can hurt you in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think it starts with third down, uh, and, and that was the issues that plagued them last year, and it's been remarkably better this year. It was 20 points, percentage points higher coming into the Carolina Panthers game than it was a year ago on third down, converting. Um, they started four for four against the Panthers on third down. They finished five for 12. Converting one of your final eight third downs in a game is a great way to do nothing in the second half. So I think it starts there. And, um, you know, get, just staying true to what's working in your identity. They got away from the running game in the second half when um, Aaron Jones had a great game in the first half, right? Just, he had over 100 yards in the first half, and they got away from that. So so sticking to what works, sticking to who you are, um, that that's really important as well. You you brought up a very very good point, and that is they got away from who they are. And I, I've said that time and again. The only time the Packers tend to become stagnant or stale is when all of a sudden, and and I hate to use the terminology, but it looks like the Mike McCarthy offense. It's when it's no motion, pockets not rolling, drop back, look, pat the ball, pat the ball, look. And then I know Aaron Rodgers wants to get it to Devontae Adams. He said it over and over again this week. Got to get it to 17. He's our playmaker. But it seemed like they fell back into, we've got to get it to Devontae Adams because he's our playmaker, rather than just take what they give you. Now, I, I will say this. Carolina, for, for the, the quote, they played soft regarding their secondary, they still got to the line of scrimmage. They still got to those quick outs. They weren't giving up anything on the outside. So as much as they say, well, they played soft – they played soft, but they saw you with the checkdowns, and they they came at it full bore because you were not going to get more than three or four yards and anything quickly on the outside. I can understand where for Matt Lafleur, he's got an MVP quarterback, so I can understand how enticing it must be to fall in love with the pass when you've got Aaron Rodgers. It's not like he's falling in love with a Mitch Trubisky, right? It's it's mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers out there. I can understand from Aaron Rodgers' point of view how it's got to be enticing, it's got to be tempting, when you've got maybe the best receiver in the league to want to get him the football. I mean, it's it's obvious, it's, it's common sense. But you, you do have to guard against that from a play caller standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint. You've got to spread it out, you've got to stick with the run, you've got to look what's happening on the field and, and, and stick with that. And um, it's not easy because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. It's not easy, but um, you're right. I mean, when, when they've when, when they've struggled, they've they've gotten away from those things that are working. Um, even if they're the secondary things in this offense, if it's working, you, you stick with that. Now the injuries a little bit concerning. Rashawn Gary's nursing an injury. You've got some of the linebackers nursing an injury. Kevin King's nursing an injury. Tell me about the injuries and if they're significant enough to really slow the defense down more so than what we at times see it to be. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough to tell on on some of those defensive guys what what they're you know the the the, the injury report that comes out uh, tomorrow with with the injury designations will be interesting, but. 
as you know, Jamal Williams, he, he's obviously uh, he, he left the game in, in, in the first half, and, and that was a big reason why they got away from what they were doing. I mean, you look at what they were going to do in that game. It's not exactly rare, but from time to time, they do go with their two back, and they have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the field together. And, and he left the game with a quadricep, and he did not participate yesterday. So that's that's not a good sign, um, you know. And, and then Corey, Corey Lindsley is a guy that is is back, and Elton Jenkins seemed to maybe indicate that Corey Lindsley uh, might might play Sunday. He was asked yesterday if he's going to be the Pro Bowl center this week or the Pro Bowl left guard because, frankly, he's Pro Bowl at both spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that he's going to be the Pro Bowl left guard, so he, he thinks Corey is back. Um, as far as those defensive guys, you know, Kevin King was limited. Um, Rashawn Gary was was limited. So, uh, you know, th- those guys that are at least on the practice field, we'll just have to see what they how they progress through the week. Well, you're a little surprised to hear that Kevin King had surgery in the offseason? Yeah, you know, although he's he's had a history of that. Um, but, you know, he, he's yeah, it, it's um, something where you, you do a, a procedure like that to stay healthy, and then he hasn't stayed healthy. So that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a double whammy, so, so to speak. Uh, I was wanting to also know you were talking a little bit about um, the uh, the defensive side of the football, the pass rush. Now we know that uh, Zadarius Smith is nursing a little bit of an ankle, but since they've gone to Mike Pettin and say, "Let's simplify some things. Let's let us do what we do." The sacks have gone up. I think it's nine or ten sacks in the last three games. They've been getting after the quarterback more. There's been more pressure there. Uh, now you've got a little bit more mobile quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. But to me, you, you, I'm not saying stop. Just slow down, Derrick Henry. Just get, try to put – you're going to win this game on, on first and second down because if you put them in long down and distance situations, you're not going to run Derrick Henry in third and six all the time. You're going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, and that's kind of where this defense excels, right? The thing about being in third and long is it really it eradicates the threat of the action pass game, which is where this Titans passing offense could be very dangerous because they've, they've got the horses. I mean, they've got Ryan Tannehill. They've got uh, Corey Davis. They, they've got A.J. Brown. They've got Jonu Smith. They, they've, they've got a receiving core there. They've got playmakers on the outside. They're not Derrick Henry. But what happens is when you're on schedule and, and the, the, the down and distances are manageable, You've got Derrick Henry as the wheel, and all the spokes are around him. And you you can't go into a game against the Titans thinking anything other than load up against the run. I mean, it's a huge week for Jair Alexander and Kevin King because they're getting no help. I mean, you've got to load the box against this. But once you, once you get into that mindset, you're susceptible to the action pass game. And if if you don't, you know, if your outside corners have a bad week, they, they can light you up through the air as well. So. Um, it's it's not a one-dimensional offense. Matt Lafleur made this point yesterday. It's it's not it's not just Derrick Henry. He is the foundation. They do a tremendous job in Tennessee of of, of sticking with Derrick Henry and being committed to that run game. Um, and they feature him. But but as soon as you're thinking it's just the run, they'll hit you with the pass. Tell me about uh, the linebackers, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, and then uh, Christian Kirksey. Kirksey doesn't even see the field to the second half of that contest. Have they just fallen out of favor with him? You know, I, I think it's more just how well Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have played. I mean, obviously, uh, Chris Barnes um, dealing with, with the eye injury. He was a full participant on, on Wednesday. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to, to leave the game with the eye, that, that kind of shuffled things around a little bit. But he's he's been their, their stud in the center of the, the, the defense. So he forced the fumble, which was a really heady 
play for anybody, especially a rookie, um, on the goal line against Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he, he, him and Kamal Martin both have earned those reps. I, I think it's more that than, than, than Christian Kirksey. They've got a pair of rookies there that are playing very, very well. And so long as they continue to do that, there's no question that Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes are the future of the inside linebacker position. But as long as they continue to play this well, they're going to be the present as well. I uh, One other question, that's the offensive line. Lucas Patrick looks like he's going to be back from the toe injury. He's been nursing it a little bit. It shouldn't really hinder him, though, correct? Yeah, you know, I, I think they've they, they've got an interesting decision to make. If, uh, you know, Lucas Patrick with the toe was a full participant, so he's good. But they've got an interesting decision to make. Uh, do they just, you know, if Coy Lindsley's back, he's the center. Elton Jenkins is the left guard. Those are the, and, and David Bakhtiari's the left tackle. Those are the three certainties we know. Billy Turner is going to be on the right side. That's a, that's a fourth certainty we know. Do they go with Billy Turner at right tackle and Lucas Patrick at right guard, which is what they've done all season, or as well as Rick Wagner's played, as much as Lucas Patrick did struggle last week against Carolina, do they keep Billy Turner at right guard and have Rick Wagner at right tackle? I, I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, on, on the offensive line configuration. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, J.K. Scott, he's got the right quad. He's been limited in practice. Uh, they've obviously had some special teams issues. I mean, if this is something that on that right leg, that kicking leg, that he's unable to get some hang time, all of a sudden you're looking at some of the things that has plagued them here in recent history where you're talking line drive putts that have outkicked the coverage and suddenly they're having trouble covering punts again. Is this something that you feel that is going to be problematic? Yeah, you know, it's with all the issues they've had on special teams, you don't want you don't want any issue, right? <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's, it's not ideal. I, there's no way it's ideal. So, um, how much of a problem it'll be, we'll have to see, but it's certainly not what you want. Always good to talk to you. Have an enjoyable holiday, Christmas, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. And then we'll talk again, uh, early next week and kind of break down what's going on on Sunday night. Okay. All right. Merry Christmas to you and everyone. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it very much. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can go at ByRyanWood on Twitter, at ByRyanWood on Twitter. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Okay, next segment. Let's have a little fun. Uh, Favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas song and what you got going on for Christmas during a COVID Christmas. Are you, say, packing it in? You're just going to sit back with a beverage in your hand and do nothing? Are you going someplace? What's happening? We want to know. And uh, go ahead and hit us up over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can always email me, Bill Michaels at BillMichaelsSports.com. Uh, the Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash Debo Michael Show. Great way to get a hold of us as well. Want to know what your favorite Christmas song is and what you're doing for a COVID Christmas. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Ah, I love this song. There's all kinds of songs. Look, when I grew up as a kid, it was the, God, what was the uh, the singers? Ray Conniff. Ray Conniff singers. Oh, my God. My mom, uh, one of the things my dad had bought my mom for Christmas was, remember the old 
television in the stereo consoles where you lifted the lid and there was the record player and the radio in the stereo, but in the other side of the stereo was a big color television. We were one of the first, uh, and God, if, if, if a kid's listening to this, they're going to go, holy crap, how old are you? I'm 54. And um, one of the big gifts my dad had bought my mom was one of those consoles, but it was one of the first color televisions in the neighborhood. And uh, we, I, well, that was a big deal, man. People were coming over, like, you know, like God had shown up at your house or it was a vision of Mary or something coming over. Ooh, ooh. I remember we had one of those really big porches. And uh, we had a big porch. We used to sit out on it uh, in the summertime for rainstorms. It was just, it was great. You could just sit there and watch the rain come down and you could fit. We had a big, one of those glider uh, rockers that was like a giant glider couch, and we had chairs and everything, so everybody would come over. So my dad opened up the, the blinds, because we had a, the bay window was right there on the porch, and my dad opened the, up the blinds, and I'll, I'll never forget Mr. Ventry and a couple of the other dads from down the street, he's like, come on over! But um, they were all sitting outside talking, and they're all looking through the window, you know, with their hands up around their face, looking through the window, ooh, it was a big colored TV my dad bought for my mom. So actually my dad bought it for him because he wanted to see football in color, but nevertheless, I'll never forget that when I was a kid, why that memory comes up. I have no idea, but I know that, uh, we had that big record player in there and my mom always used to play the Ray of singers with all the different Christmas stuff. And then the Carpenters were another one. Uh, Johnny Mathis, I think was her, her favorite with chestnuts roasting on an open fire and such. But uh, but for me, it was always Burl Ives, man. My grandfather always had Burl Ives on in that Holly Jolly Christmas song. So uh, so what was your, what is your favorite Christmas song? I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Look, one of my favorites that always gets me going is Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, uh, which I think is fantastic. I think it's probably the best rendition ever. I, I just think it's so cool. Uh, but it's more of a rocking tune, you know what I mean? Uh, obviously Mariah Carey has her own Christmas special and her Christmas music has gone through the roof. Uh, there's a lot of country artists that have done different versions of Christmas songs and such, um, that have really taken on, uh, in pop culture, um, uh, you know, a different life of their own. So what is your favorite? 855-830-8648. Uh, Title Town Systems. Uh, Crazy Al listening to us in Green Bay says, uh, going to a COVID survivor's Christmas party for anybody who has COVID, who had COVID-19 and survived. That's, oh my goodness. And he says, by the way, little drummer boy, little drummer boy. Okay. That was the, uh, the Bob Seger version of little drummer boy is fantastic. And Sting, by the way, Sting did a great rendition of, I saw three ships. Oh, I love that. It's 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 uh, it's more of a, a rhythmic cultural beat to it. But uh, I, I know Nat King Cole did a version of that years and years and years ago. It's kind of a classic Christmas tune. But Sing did a version of that. Really, Joe. COVID or have had the injections now that we're frontline workers feeling good. Maybe 2021 will be 2021 will be better. Raise a glass. Enjoy the program. Thanks for talking sports year round. There you go. Appreciate the email. 
855-830-8648. You want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 855-830-8648. Grandma got ran over by a reindeer by the atheist for the cause. <laughs> you wouldn't expect anything else, right? Uh, oh, my God. Question all. This is a good one. Father Christmas by the by the Kinks. Father and, and and the other one that I used to play all the time and uh, back at the the other station I worked for here in Wisconsin, and uh, I used to get older people really really pissed at me. I loved ACDC's version. I want a uh, a mistress for Christmas. That was that was really good too. That's a good tune. Father, do we don't have Father Christmas by any chance? Do we uh, in the mix there, Evan? Uh, let me look chance? for it. I don't know if we do. See if we do. Might have to play that. That's a good one. That's a good one. And then there's a, and, uh, a Mistress for Christmas. Uh, Expired Takes is my favorite song is when um, Jacob says uh, on the show, I think that it's going to be, f- well, another one for Father Christmas. There you go. Uh, Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry says, Chris. Uh, Jason says, not today. Um, not today. I never heard of that. Oh, meaning not today. Can't do it today. Got to do it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, David says, wham last Christmas. Um, you can't do, you can't do Slayer raining blood. Come on, man. How bad is that? Uh, Don says, uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Got to have, uh, Louisville Metro says, got to have Bing Crosby and white Christmas. Uh, a lot of a lot of traditionals here. Anything new? Anything new? 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648 if you want to chime in. Again, 855-830-8648. Oh, Holy Night by my buddy Dwayne up there in uh, Wausau. By the way, he's got a grievance. He says, the taxi driver next to me in the car sitting by yourself with a mask on, if you think you're getting infected through your radio or warm air vent, you maybe, t- maybe take your car home, pour gas on it, and set it on fire. There you go. Oh, man. Let's see here. This one's uh, from, from G. G writes in the Wendy's email inbox. He said, uh, I also like uh, Mistress for Christmas by ACDC. And Pearl Jam did a good version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town years ago. If you can find it, that would be great. There you go. Let's go to Elijah listening to us in Appleton. Elijah, what's going on, man? Hello. My favorite Christmas song personally is Withers in Winter Orchestra. What is it? You were breaking up. Wizards in Winter. Wizards in Winter. Okay, gotcha. That's a good one, too. I remember, As a matter of fact, I think that's on my, my Christmas uh, party iPod. Appreciate the phone call. Wizards in Winter is another good one. Uh, this one's from uh, Kathy. Kathy says, uh, heading out to family this weekend. Not today and not tomorrow, but leaving on Saturday. Uh, celebrating Christmas with my grandkids uh, and uh, ex-in-laws. Grandkids and ex-in-laws on Sunday and then back to work on Monday. Uh, and Joe writes in one of his email inbox, Heading over to my girlfriend's house tonight, heading over to my parents' house tomorrow night, and then staying home on Saturday and Sunday to watch as much football as humanly possible. That is from Joe. Joe, you the man. Uh, 855-830-8648. Let's talk a little betting as we get into the weekend. We'll continue on with this. Keep it coming. 
Keep it coming. Uh, we got betting when we uh, get going here in just a few. Chris Raybon, senior editor of the Action Network, he'll he'll be joining us coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I love this tune. Burl Ives is my favorite. This is good, though. This is the King's Father Christmas. Love that. It's all about getting beat up. <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> oh, man. Glad to have you back. Hopefully you're enjoying your day on this Christmas Eve's Eve. And uh, give us a shout if you want to, 855-830-8648. Yeah, kids going, hey, Father Christmas, give us some money. There you go. (laughs) Uh, 855-830-8648. Time now to get to some of the odds coming out this weekend and some of these contests. And uh, to do that, uh, Senior Editor of the Action Network, Chris Raybon, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Chris, how you doing, man? How's it going, Bill? Happy holidays. You too, pal. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, look, we got to some good games coming up, obviously. Uh, a lot of good games, as a matter of fact. You got Saturday games. You got Friday, uh, Friday games. You got the Vikings and the Saints. Let's start there because that's a game in which the Vikings are trying to hold on to a position. The Saints are trying to keep pace. Uh, it's going to be a good one down in the Dome, and this is a rematch from last year when the Vikings got the best of the Saints in the postseason. Uh, the Vikings getting seven in this contest, though. Yeah, this is one where the public is on one side and the big money is on the other side. 68% of the betting tickets on New Orleans, but 82% of the money on Minnesota. Remember, Drew Brees may not be quite 100%. And as you mentioned, the Vikings have played uh, well against the Saints uh, historically, especially in those last couple of postseasons. Got a lot of playoff implications and seeding implications for games this weekend. Uh, tell me about the Buccaneers at the Lions. I've seen 9.5, I've seen 10, I've seen 8.5. Where's the line at right now? Right now it's at 10 uh, for the consensus at around most sports books. 75% of the bets, 98% of the money on the Buccaneers. What is, uh, if any... The plays is now probably going to be out because of the COVID protocols, and he's not going to be there, their interim head coach. Does that make the line move at all? Uh, it can. I think anytime you have a, a COVID situation, you know, there's all, also the danger of, okay, you know, could, could there be someone else that's kind of a surprise uh, scratch, you know, later on? You know, we've kind of seen that with some teams, and um, I, I think that, you know, that is a, a pretty big loss when you're talking about losing the, you know, your head coach on the, on the sidelines here. So, um, you know, there, there's a quarterback and then you know, there's a coach, and those two are probably the most two important people on the team. So, um, yeah, I think this line, you know, it would have been closer to eight and a half had, had this not uh, occurred. But, uh, you know, already a tough spot for the Lions. You know, they're, they're, they fired their coach. They got – an interim coach, they're banged up all over the place, and, and now to lose him going against a, a veteran team, 
like the Bucks late in the year. Tough spot. Colts are on the road taking on the Steelers. Steelers in somewhat of a free fall. Steelers at home uh, getting points in this contest. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, uh, the Colts come in with a really good defense. The Steelers offensively and Big Ben have not been playing extremely well. Give me the lowdown on this one. Yeah, nobody wants to bet on the Steelers right now after they uh, after they came out and got upset by the Bengals on Monday Night Football. 67% of the bet, 98% of the money on the Indianapolis Colts. But that line holding at one and a half, it's actually moved uh, toward the Steelers. The Steelers were two-point underdogs uh, at some books. So that's coming down. Uh, I expect some sharp money to hit the Steelers. This is a great bounce back. A spot for them. You just look at kind of historically speaking, you know, Mike Tomlin coming off a loss. He's covering at over a 60% clip in those spots in his career. When you have a, a team that's on a, a three-game losing streak, that's an underdog, 58% against the spread over the last two decades, 60% this season. Uh, Frank Reich, when he's been on a, a multi-game winning streak, uh, just 27% against the spread uh, in the next game. So, just a lot of kind of natural bounce back, uh, you know, a natural bounce back spot favoring the Steelers here. So I expect the money to, to hit them later in the week. Was that loss to the Bengals one of the biggest losses via spread in a long time? Yeah, that one. You had the you had the Rams uh, as well this week. So yeah, those. You know, oh yeah, right. You, you don't see those very often, uh, and sometimes you may see them a little earlier in the season. Um, when we just don't quite know as much about the teams. But, uh, yeah, two of the, the, the bigger ones, absolutely this year. And, and, yeah, going back over the last uh, few years. So then you've got uh, teams that are trying to make the postseason or posture in the postseason. You've got the Giants, who are trying to remain somewhat relevant in the East. Meanwhile, the Ravens jockeying for position and trying maybe even to catch in the, uh, in the, center, in the AFC North. Ten-and-a-half point spread the, uh, the Ravens are giving to the Giants on this one. Giants defense has been playing better, though, as of late. Uh, is the money coming in, bigger money coming in on the Giants, or is all the money, most of the public money coming in on the Ravens? Yeah, no, we are seeing bigger money coming on the Giants. The Ravens are getting 65% of the bet tickets, but just 49% of the money. So this is another one of those games where the public is on one side and the you know the bigger money is on the other side. The Giants are 10.5-point underdogs. Uh, they've kept all but you know three or four games this season uh, within one possession and close one possession games. At that, so uh, this should be a lower scoring game. We're seeing uh, 97% of the money on the under. That has dropped from uh, 46 to 43 and a half. And it is tough for uh, a team to cover by a wide margin when you have a lower scoring game. So that's something to think about uh, as well. But yeah, I expect a better effort from the, the Giants here. Then you got the Browns. Uh, the Browns are looking for their 11th win of the season, jockeying for position. The Jets coming off of their first win, but still the spread rather large, almost 10 points in this contest, right? Yeah, interestingly enough, it hasn't actually gone to 10 at most books. Uh, they're hanging the 9.5, and the public, uh, 78% of the bets are on the, the, the Cleveland Browns, but some bigger money coming in on the Jets that's holding this, this one here at 9.5. Uh, you know, this is a game you know, just kind of like the Rams overlooked the Jets last week. This is a Browns team that really hasn't been in this spot before. 
uh, you know, they're having one of their best seasons in, in, a, in a while. So uh, this could be another one where the, the Browns kind of overlook the Jets a little bit, who are playing better on offense. Uh, they've scored on, I believe, it's eight opening drives in a row now. So uh, Jets are, are starting to become a, a little bit tougher of an outweighter in the year. Uh, then you've got another good one that's on the dock of the Dolphins uh, jockeying for position. The Raiders trying to hang on right now. Raiders playing in Las Vegas. Give me the lowdown here. Yeah, this is another one where uh, this the the bigger money is coming in on the underdog. The public is all over Miami. They're eleven and three against the spread. Uh, you know, everyone's going to kind of go back to that. But you usually see these type of teams regress. Later in the year, you know, a team rarely finishes, you know, 13 and three, even 12 and four against the spread. Uh, this is a natural kind of bounce back spot for the Raiders. You have them on their third straight home game. When you've historically speaking, seen an underdog playing their third straight home game over the past two decades, 33, 22 and two, 60% against the spread. So 75% of the, the bets on Miami, but just 53% of the money. That's about a, a 23% uh, difference. So pretty large. Then you got the Cowboys trying to remain relevant and trying to stay near the top. I think uh, taking on the Eagles in this contest is this game still a pick'em or did it move a little bit? It was like two, two and a half at one point. Yeah, it did move. Uh, you know, the look ahead line was a pick'em, uh, but with Jalen Hurts playing well for the Eagles, playing a lot better than Carson Wentz, uh, this line has moved to, to Eagles by two and a half. Remember, there isn't really much of a home field advantage uh, in, in 2020. The, the, the numbers really. You know, on average, near zero. Now, some some of the you know, like the Packers, they have a uh, somewhat of a home field advantage. But uh, the Eagles not in a bad spot here. Four hundred plus yards of total offense in both of Hurts' starts, and the Cowboys got outgained four fifty eight to two ninety one last week, uh, but took advantage of some San Francisco turnovers. So we're seeing seventy three percent of the bets, but ninety percent of the money on Philadelphia. Uh, and then you talk about the Packers. I'm going to get to them in just a second, but the Rams are on the road taking on the Seahawks. Normally I'd give uh, a nod to the Seahawks, but the Rams defensively playing extremely well. They just need to muster enough offense to get the job done, while the Seahawks, their defense not very good. They're giving, uh, what, a point, point and a half at home, but you're right, the home field advantage, especially out there in Seattle, nowhere near what it normally would be. Yeah, and this has also been a great spot. For Sean McVay, you know, over the last five matchups with the Seahawks, the Rams are 4-1, and one, and they lost the fifth game by one point, and that was in a game where they missed a, a field goal late that they could have won it. So, yeah, if you can get a one-and-a-half, the Rams are a great bounce-back spot. Sean McVay off a straight-up loss the next week, 8-1 and one on the road in his career coming off a loss. So uh, the Rams are looking ahead to this game. That's why they dropped one to the Jets. Uh, they'll, they'll come out ready, and we're seeing that reflected in the numbers. The Seahawks getting 58% of the bet tickets, but the Rams getting 64% of the money. So that's a huge uh, discrepancy. And then the Packers at home. You've got the Sunday night contest taking on the Titans. The Packers giving three and a half. I mean, this is a this is a winning team. The Packers are one and two against winning teams. A strong run game, which the Packers don't necessarily defend very well, and yet the Packers are giving up. They've got a three and a half point advantage, I think, right now at Lambeau Field. Is it just because they're at home? Yeah, the Packers are one of those teams that uh, tend to get the line shaded toward them the most. You know, the public loves to, to bet on the Packers. But uh, in this spot, we're seeing a lot of action come in uh, on Tennessee, 64% of the bets, 86% of the money uh, on the Titans here. And uh, there could be some fog here. There could be, 
you know, sub, you know, sub freezing temperatures. So uh, this should be an interesting game. We're also seeing, uh, you know, even though 76% of the money on the over 90, uh, excuse me, of the tickets on the over 90% of the money on the under uh, that has dropped from 56 to 55 and a half. So uh, expecting kind of a, 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 you know, bad weather game, but yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, that hook at three and a half, uh, does favor the Titans because they can run the ball. You know, they have Derrick Henry. That's a, that's a great option to have when you're in the snow and fog and, and bad weather and all that. <laughs> Chris, always good to talk to you, my buddy. I, I appreciate you hanging out with us. You guys have a tremendous Christmas and a happy holiday, and then we will talk again soon, okay? Likewise. Happy holidays. Take care. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is Chris Rabon, Senior Editor for the Action Network, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Hey, guys, ready or not, we know the holidays are here. We're sitting here on Christmas Eve day, and you want to have the energy. You want to have fun. You want to be able to kind of get up and move around, lose some weight, maybe get into a 2021 as a bigger, better, better you. You know what I'm saying? The medical experts at Newmel Medical Center, they've got a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED without the nasty side effects. They can help you out with low T, give you more energy, better mental clarity, better mood, better stamina. You know, kind of get you out of the brain fog. And in addition to that, you do not have to put on weight specifically through the holidays or via COVID and quarantines and such. You can jumpstart a brand new you. Make 2021 better. Okay, just come out of this thing better. I've been saying that for a long time now. One phone number, 414. This could be a phone number that changes your life. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. 4451. That is the New Mail Medical Center. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Um, I don't have a problem with it, what he's doing. Some do, and all of a sudden now it's a big deal. But I got a comment about it. You can do a little dance, you can have a little fun until you get your ass kicked. We'll talk about it next on the Bill Michael Show. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are wrapping up practice for Sunday night's game against the Titans. The team will have Christmas Day off tomorrow. The Titans say the way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to create some turnovers. Tennessee safety Kevin Bayard. Force the turnovers. I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing in this game. You know, trying to punch the ball out, hammer, raking it out, those things. Uh, they're 10 and 0 when they don't turn the ball over, and they're 1 and 3 when they turn the ball over. I think that's going to be the biggest stat in the game. Now, the Packers have a chance to lock up home field advantage, but safety Adrian Amos says the target is the Titans. We focusing on this week, and this team loves to do, and it starts with their running back, their running game, um, like the run and a lot of play action. So yeah, we, we, have to, we have to bow up, and he's number one in rushing for a reason. And that's just something we got to do. We got to get hats to the ball. And today's Devontae Adams' birthday. Born on this day, Christmas Eve in 1992, he turns 28 years old today. Birthdays are kind of like, you know, they're cool. Definitely, I, I appreciate it. And I've gotten a lot of cool stuff. But over over the years, I feel like, you know, I've turned into Santa now. So where it's more exciting for me to do stuff for, you know, my family members, my wife, my daughter. That's Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
this exist one, Evan? Says, who is this? This is uh, The Ventures. The Oh, okay. That's an older one. That's an older one from years gone by. There you go. Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Show. And uh, a reminder that uh, coming up after the game on Sunday night, it's the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Gary Ellison and I are going to be here. Tomorrow, uh, we've got the Bill Michaels Show. We're going to do a lot of best of stuff tomorrow, but we, we, we're going to be here hanging out. So enjoy the program. Uh, looking forward to that tomorrow. A lot of the really, really good interviews all throughout uh, the year of 2020. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that tomorrow as well. Juju Smith-Schuster is taking a beating. A beating. Why? Because before every game, he goes out and dances on the logo of whatever team he happens to be facing. It is deemed disrespectful to go dance and stomp on the logo uh, of any team. Okay? If you are the opponent coming into someone else's house, it is considered disrespectful. Okay? You can do it in the end zone. You can do it on the 20. You can do it in many different areas. But you don't go to the 50-yard line. The problem is that he's been doing this all season. But what happened was Cincinnati, the D-backs in Cincinnati, took offense to it. And they beat the hell out of him. Caused him to cough the ball up, fumble the football, turned it over, led to a score. So now all of a sudden everybody's got a problem with, look, if you're going to dance, you better be ready to take a beating. Because somebody's going to take offense to it, and that's what happened. I can't believe it was Cincinnati's craptastic defense that did, but they did. It, it gave them motivation. So nobody had a problem with this when they were 11-0. Now that they've been beaten three straight times, suddenly everybody's got a problem with it. Do what you do, but don't cry about it after somebody takes it out on you. Every reaction draw or every action draws a reaction, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster got laid out. But I don't have a problem with it if he can back it up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.